Welcome to Manufacturing Talk Radio, your source for breaking news, business trends, and economic forecasts here and abroad that impact one-third of America's economy. And now your hosts, Lou Weiss and Tim Grady. Thank you for joining us at Manufacturing Talk Radio. My name is Tim Grady, and I'm here with my co-host, Lou Weiss. And each month we do a special show on the Global Purchasing Managers Indexes, or indices, that come out from around the world. The actual formula was uh, offered up by the Institute for Supply Management and shared with other countries around the world. So everybody can kind of measure our PMI on a, on a relatively equal basis. And Norbert Orr is our guest. Before we get to Norbert, uh, just want to touch base with Lou and see how he's doing today. Lou, what's up in New Jersey? I'm doing great, uh, and I just hope that uh, Norbert's numbers are the same kind of numbers we got from the ISM, or Norbert's going to lose his job, because we <laughs> love the ISM numbers, and everything else I'm reading about what's going on around the world, everybody's, all their numbers are up, uh, even uh, in Brazil, where the, where's Brazil on here? Uh, Brazil up? Is, Shocking. It's up, but weakening. It's 52.4, oh, okay. yeah, but weakening, yeah. So that's, that's a good thing for Brazil. You know, usually they've grown very accustomed to the 40s. Um, yes, very true. So I don't know in Brazil if they take into account the criminal element into the uh, stats or not, because they're really <laughs> doing great. The criminals in Brazil are really doing great. They really are. Let's, let's find so, out from Norbert. Norbert, welcome so, back to Manufacturing Talk Radio. Okay, thanks, guys. Good to be so, with you. Uh, the the PMI number in uh, Brazil uh, is up in the 50s for a change. How is Brazil doing these days? Well, they're seeing some improvement. Of course, you know, the longer you stay below 50, when you start to see a glimmer of hope, uh, the stronger it is uh, because we're measuring month-over-month change. So we see some positives, and Brazil is uh, doing better. But if you go back over since uh, March of, uh, of 17, Brazil uh, averages out at about 51.1. Uh, so uh, not a lot of uh, strength in the recovery, but there is some recovery in Brazil uh, after following a very, very slow recovery from the global financial crisis. So is the criminal element numbers included in the Brazilian PMI? Well, uh, I guess uh, I'd have to reverse that, Lou, and say, uh, are they excluded? And, uh <laughs> No, they're not specifically excluded, so I assume uh, the, the, they're included. <laughs> there's some uh, some touch of that. Uh, okay. Well, I'm glad they're doing better. <laughs> How's yeah, really. the rest of South America holding up? Uh, fairly well. Uh, you know, the the uh, the term that everybody's using uh, seemingly this month is synchronized, uh, that we have a synchronized global recovery. Uh, it's happening in Asia, it's happening in Europe, it's happening in the United States, uh, it's happening in South America. So uh, not uh, not that many times that we can lay claim to having the type of uh, global growth that we're seeing. One of the measures I pay a lot of attention to is the uh, J.P. Morgan Global PMI, which covers 24 countries. 
and that's at 54.5 this month. Of course, anything above 50 is good, and the higher, the more it's above 50, the, the better it is. So 54.5 is is excellent. Uh, the trend, uh, if you chart it, is very positive, uh, certainly going uh, upward, uh, and, uh, and the amount of change that's uh, taking place each month is growing. Uh, so uh, it's it's a, a global story, not just a U.S. story, as to what's happening. Oh, this sounds this sounds a little bit like uh, Mr. Trump's uh, reciprocal, which is his uh, new word. Right. <laughs> well, <laughs> you, ha- you have to have a, a new word each month to make uh, make the headlines <laughs> and so on to, but, uh, to help write the story. An- it takes him that long to learn a new word. Right. Well, uh, you, you know, reciprocity uh, is often viewed as something that's illegal. Uh, but in reality, uh, the world trades on reciprocity, that one person does a favor for another and they put a value right. on it, and the other right. person attempts to pay it back. Right, <laughs> right, right, right. So, well, I'm not going to so, get into politics, so. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which he always does. Uh, where to from Brazil? What else is, uh, you know, there are, there were a couple of weak spots around the world. I know as you look up into the EU, Greece and Spain and Portugal, those were kind of weak. Maybe Italy. How are those looking now? Uh, well, again, synchronized. Uh, if we look at the Eurozone, for instance, overall, the eight Eurozone countries, the index is 60.6. That, that, that's just kind of a knock-your-socks-off number, uh, as strong as it is. And it's led by uh, Austria at 64.3, uh, the Netherlands at 62.2, and Germany at 63.3. So those three are the stars of, of the Eurozone always. Uh, but they're pulling uh, Greece up is at 53.1. Spain is at 55.8. Uh, Greece is the weakest of uh, of the eurozone numbers at uh, uh, 53.1. So uh, the recovery is is very broad based, uh, and uh, it, it looks to me that it has the legs to continue uh, well into uh, the balance of this year. Uh, Let's talk a little bit um, about the uh, Chicago ISM and the Texas uh, ISM numbers. Uh, You know, being a a good part of our listeners are uh, from the U.S., those are outstanding numbers. Yeah, Chicago, uh, I I have yet to figure out. uh, When when we do this, uh, these numbers, as you guys see them on the scattergram, and it shows uh, what uh, this synchronized recovery looks like. And all of the, uh, if, uh, if you can imagine, uh, if you were shooting an arrow at a target, uh, a circular target, uh, everything is clustered around the middle, which means it's growing, and it's growing faster in most cases. Uh, right. Then there's Chicago. And, really? uh, and it, it's, uh, it's an outlier completely. And I, I frankly have not been able to figure out why. I, I do know that they combine manufacturing and non-manufacturing. 
But we oh. know from all the other series right now that non-manufacturing is not as strong as manufacturing. If uh, if uh, non-manufacturing was as strong as manufacturing right now, we'd be uh, probably above 4% growth in GDP. Uh, so um, non-manufacturing is good, but it's not anywhere near as good as manufacturing sector is right now. And uh, uh, Chicago, I, I don't include them in anybody else's numbers because uh, uh, I'm always suspect of what's what's happening. Uh, there is in the Midwest, uh, Kansas City, Des Moines, uh, Chicago, I, I guess, uh, th- there's strength in the economy. The, uh, there's a lot of capital goods that are uh, uh Created or, or manufactured in those areas, and uh, they continue to, to report quite strong readings for all of those areas. Is uh, the tax uh, new tax plan having uh, an effect on these numbers? Not yet. I don't think. I, I think this is uh, uh, happening uh, without the advantage of the tax plan and, and the numbers that. Uh, that we're going to come out of it. Uh, I think uh, uh, the tax reform, uh, if, if uh, the uh, creators of it, uh, Treasury and, and so on, if, uh, if they anticipated all of the things that we're seeing from it, uh, then they did a heck of a job. Uh, I suspect more of it was dumb luck uh, th- than anything else. Uh, uh, I've, all of the things with regard to employee bonuses and companies taking on a, a minimum wage. Uh, Walmart announced this morning that uh, uh, they're going to an $11 an hour minimum wage in the U.S. Uh, and I think that's a positive. I, I've worked with that whole issue of minimum wage uh, uh, for for quite some time, and this is the right way. To control the minimum wage, because if uh, if productivity goes down and uh, we can't afford to pay eleven dollars, they can't afford to pay eleven, it gives them the choice to say, "Hey, we made a mistake. We got to back up." When the federal government mandates a, a minimum wage, then they have no control over it and right. they don't have the ability to back up. And and so, I'm in favor of a minimum wage, but I'm not in favor of a mandated minimum wage. Uh, I think it should be voluntary. Uh, and uh, there ought to be pressure on companies in their supply chain. Um, if we don't, uh, if if we don't have uh, reasonable wages and so on, then everything, the price of everything, gets depressed uh, in a way that's not good for the economy. Well, they're probably having back backroom talks right now with robotic companies uh, who can start bringing inventory on the floor and start replacing the $11 an hour minimum wage people. I mean, we're beginning to see it now. So maybe you're right. They took the, uh, they took the right approach by trying to get away from a mandated. And then at some point, a lot of those jobs are going to go away as uh, the robotics take uh, take front and center. Well, the the reality is, I think if we uh, if we had all the data on Walmart, we'd find out they were pretty close to paying that eleven dollars an hour anyway. They weren't paying anybody minimum wage, no. and uh, you know we see the same thing. 
uh, out in Seattle with uh, a $15 an hour minimum wage. Uh, the SeaTac area that really was kind of the test case for all of this is the area that surrounds the airport there. And I, I don't think wages were down at uh, minimum wage levels for that area anyway to uh, to find employees. So uh, I, I think, uh, again, minimum wages are good, but it ought to be set by the company at a realistic number. And leave and, and leave the uh, federal government out of it. Uh, Tim, what was the? You mentioned a store or restaurant the other day that uh, they have fifty five hundred restaurants that they're doing something. Uh, is that um, they were putting in? Yes, they're putting in kiosks. They're saying that they're not going to replace front end workers. Wendy's is looking to put in kiosks. They are looking at maybe replacing front-end workers. So some of that is beginning to happen. And the Wendy's CEO, although he retracted his statement, uh, did say that it made sense to put in kiosks for customer ordering and replace front-end workers at $15 an hour. Now, of course, that didn't go over very well, so he backed off on the statement, but that it's going to happen, Lou. You're right. Well, yeah. that's been happening since 1900. Yeah, I mean, that's we, exactly <laughs> right. The moving is. Uh, I mean, this is this is not a short-term trend. Uh, you know, the, the the Luddites in the early 1900s wanted to do away with machinery and so on, and uh, that uh, it, it would would be a huge mistake for them to do that. Uh, so uh, we we have to live through those things, and and uh, the the other thing is you know r- robotics and so on are good as long as the process is consistent, but when it's constantly featuring uh, uh, changes and people special orders and can you do this and and so on, uh, uh, when they have a lunch hour uh, size uh, turnout. They're going to have a hard time filling orders and doing a, a custom job for that. Oh yes, clearly. Especially uh, when my, especially when my wife orders. Can you put yeah. this in? Can you put that out? I don't like it with butter. Nothing on the top. The side <laughs> orders. I like broccoli. I don't like uh, string beans. You know that starts to get difficult for a robot. Yeah, uh, that's a robot's <laughs> nightmare. Right. <laughs> Norbert, you also follow the Milwaukee PMI. What did that look like? Uh, Milwaukee's right up there, uh, 65.6, which makes Chicago that much more believable because I have more confidence in in Milwaukee. And uh, as I always say, it's a great indicator of durable goods. Uh, When we divide manufacturing uh, into durables, those things that have a uh, more than a one-year life, uh, and, and non-durables, those that are less than a year, uh, we really see uh, that uh, Milwaukee shines. Uh, they, they get a large piece of that. There's a huge amount of export business. Uh, companies like Harley-Davidson uh, do uh, well in, in, in the environment uh, when uh, dur- capital goods and durable goods are doing well. Uh, this, When we talk about the tax law, Lou, uh, we're really looking at uh, what's the impact going to be 
uh, for companies to invest that be able to get a one-year write-off on uh, – I would say there, there's a lot of projects they probably don't even want a one-year write-off on. Right, well, right. The other one uh, that's always curious, Norbert, is China because they have two indices, and I'm never sure which one is the right index, but they're pretty close this month anyway. Well, they're always uh, they're always close. I, I chart uh, the two of them and uh, to see what kind of a uh, correlation there is, and there's a, a 0.81 regression uh, between the two of them, so. Uh, they're always pretty close. Over the long haul, uh, the uh, uh, Kai Shen survey, which is uh, the uh, includes multinationals, averages 50.7, and the CFLP survey uh, averages 51.6. So less than a point difference between the two of those, and they really give some validation to each other. Um, what bothers me is that we don't see very much change in uh, taking place in China, and uh, so they would contend that they're running at about a six percent rate growth in GDP. Uh, but uh, it doesn't include the the kind of variability that we see from most countries. That things are more toward up or down, but definitely right now, China's on the upswing. They've gotten some of their challenges out of the way and uh, and definitely doing better. One of the countries uh, that are near and dear to our heart is uh, Canada. And uh, Canada, we uh, All Metals and Forge Group has been doing business with Canada ever since we've been in business for 40 years. And typically it, it tails or trails uh, the U.S., which clearly it is. Uh, it, I think the number you have here is uh, 54.7. Um, however, it doesn't reflect on the day-to-day phone calls that we get from our clients up in Canada. They're all uh, they're all whining about how business isn't uh, doing particularly well. So, do you have any insight on that? Yeah, it's kind of interesting. I, I just looked at uh, the last 12 months. Uh, Canada's averaged 54.7, uh, and this month they're at 54.7. So, uh, and uh, all the things I said about China with regard to variability really applies to, to Canada. We don't see a, a lot of that. Uh, I, I think it has more to do with the makeup of the Canadian economy. It's highly dependent upon raw materials. Right. And those raw materials have been playing catch-up in terms of pricing and, and uh, uh, the delivery times, uh, the expansion, capacity expansion, those types of things uh, have have lagged significantly and particularly oil prices. So I, I think it, it's uh, probably true that your customers are uh, see, not seeing a, a lot of uh, improvement when they're seeing the rest of the globe seemingly growing at a very rapid rate. Uh, so I, I think it's probably by comparison. Uh, it looks like they, they've had steady expansion. And as long as the U.S. does well, uh, they will do well, I think. Norbert, but the, it's... the tax package that the U.S. government just passed took center stage 
in the news, and uh, now they're talking infrastructure. What's happened with NAFTA? Uh, it's under negotiation. And, uh, uh, that's been the administration's policy that uh, th- that they're going to do that. Uh, I, I'm I'm really frustrated that uh, uh, there's so many people in the media that uh, have the power of the pencil to write articles and uh, and so on, and that they don't understand that, uh, uh, you know, uh, it'd be like arriving in Las Vegas and telling the casino that you're prepared to lose $100,000. Uh, <laughs> I think they would find a way for you to do that. Um there's uh, too many expectations that uh, they, that people can share their plans. Uh, I we will have NAFTA. We we will have uh, I, I think trade with with China. But if you look at uh, uh, the TPP, uh, when when we start getting everybody involved and, and directly with us. Uh, we're always the person that has something to lose and not a lot to gain. It's what can everybody else gain against the United States? Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I think the trade negotiators are doing the best job, uh, uh, of course, doing best compared to what has been done in the last 20 years uh, is not really, a, 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 I guess, a compliment necessarily. Uh, because what they have done over the last 20 years has been give away an awful lot, and we, we have to get out of all of that. Uh, uh, the thought that NAFTA was around for 20 years without any renegotiation at all tells you that uh, the uh, administrations involved and so on were, were neglecting their responsibility. I, I had heard some time uh, back that there were annual or every two years there were uh, negotiations uh, about NAFTA, tweaking them over the last uh, 10, 12 years. Uh, is, is that not a true case? That is true. That, that is true. But uh, uh, as you well know, uh, it's a process. Just as manufacturing is a process, and when you start tweaking all kinds of little things and don't look at the big picture of is the process still uh, uh, one that we're we're glad that uh, we know that it's working, uh, that's what I'm talking about. Those little tweaks, you wind up with more noise in the system than you do progress. Got it. Got it. Yeah, that's understandable. The other curiosity, Norbert, is South Korea. I realize they're right on the cusp of 50, but you show them as contracting and weakening. What is affecting them? The the big issue (laughs) with with, uh, South Korea, uh, one is I I think the relationship with North Korea probably puts a a little bit of a dampener on, on the whole process. Uh, but the big issue with South Korea is they have built their economy around very large companies. And so they're very reliant upon those companies to do well, both in-country and particularly from an export standpoint. 
And so they have struggled with that. And uh, I, I think after the Olympics are over, we'll see South Korea start to, to show more productivity and uh, and more growth gains uh, uh, from that. It's still not going to be, uh, uh, you know, plus the fact that they've got a lot of competition now that they didn't have before, Vietnam, Indonesia, uh, Philippines, those countries are all interested in uh, economic growth, and South Korea has to compete with them. Not even to mention the fact that they got the big boom threat just a couple uh, of miles over their heads. Uh, exactly, and it looks like, uh, once again, uh, hardball negotiations have forced at least some discussions now, the, the thing about South Korea or North Korea is uh, th- they're chronic and systemic liars, uh, and so uh, counting on anything that they say would be a mistake. You have to wait and, uh, and let them uh, prove it by their actions, and they mm-hmm. usually fail to pass that test. Right. Well, we're familiar with that, uh, you know, all over the world. Uh, with uh, leadership uh, not exactly telling telling their citizenry the the facts the facts of life. So, yeah, what, else, so what else is going on in the world here, Norbert? That you'd like to give us some insight on? Well, I, I think uh, you know uh, Asia continues to, to to move along very nicely. Taiwan, in particular. Uh, was it 58 this month? I was in Taiwan uh, in December for a, a conference, and uh, the overall economy there is is doing very very well. Uh, Taiwan's a democracy, uh, been a democracy for, uh, for 60 years. Uh, they they do a remarkably good job of uh, of continuing growth and uh, and managing relationships. Taiwan has very close relationships with China from a trade standpoint, and uh, they manage that relationship quite well. So, uh, again, uh, synchronized is the word of the month, and it looks like we're we're uh, we're seeing a global economy that's highly synchronized, and uh, we're seeing. Uh, uh, Many, many companies do well, set records in terms of earnings, and with the new tax reform, uh, I think we're going to see that we generate a lot more uh, for the coffer, for the government's coffers than uh, uh, than anybody ever suspected. Uh, not to have ignored our southern uh, partner, um, but Mexico has... Uh, somewhat uh, slowed to uh, near 50, uh, but it's looking to improve in terms of exports. Um, what's going on there? What, what's what's the big export? Well, you know, uh, everything's been put in doubt as to how much is going to happen. There were automobile plants that were planned for expansion right. in Mexico, and uh, the car motor companies have... Uh, kind of rethought that a little bit and uh, mm-hmm. not putting the investment there. So I, I think it's more about everything in Mexico has been put on hold uh, between the political issues and the crime issues. Uh, 
uh, people are just in, in many areas of Mexico not willing to travel. Uh, a friend of mine, has, when he goes down there, has an armed guard uh, to do that. From what I hear about the level of crime and everything, one armed guard uh, wouldn't uh, wouldn't do much for you. <laughs> Probably true. <laughs> I was down in Brazil two or three times, and I wouldn't think it's much different down there either. Uh, very similar, based on the, the reports that I get. Uh, yeah. For a while, I, I really wanted to go to Brazil, but I've kind of lost that interest. Well, one thing you do for sure, if you're going down on business, you have a new set of business cards made, and you take your title off of your business card because that's that's how they know how much should hold you for ransom. Uh-huh. If you're a president, if they're a president of a company at a higher price, and if you're a stockroom boy, you they let you go. They, yeah. So okay, I'll keep that in mind, Luke. Keep that one in mind. Yeah, I, I do that. By the way, I did do that. Took my title right off the business cards. There you go. And if you're walking on the beach, don't wear socks when you're wearing your shoes because they know you're a gringo, and that makes you oh, another that's target. Right. That, that's right. That's right. you got to be barefoot. <laughs> Wild stuff. Norbert, why don't you put in a plug for the great company you work for, which is Strategus. I'd love our listeners to hear about what you do there. Okay. Well, we've got a name change. Uh, it's still Strategus, but it's uh, in lieu of Strategus Research Partners. It's now Strategus Securities uh, LLC, and uh, uh, everybody's still the same. Everything, the, the mission is still the same. Everything is the same. We just a, a, a name change in, involved in it. Uh, but Strategus is a macroeconomic research firm, and, uh, of course, that's what I'm engaged in is uh, the big-picture research on uh, domestic and, and global economies from that. Uh, any of your listeners that would uh, like to participate in our monthly survey that we do, we ask two questions. Are new orders better, same, or worse, and are uh, supplier deliveries slower, same, or faster? If you answer those two things for us each month, you get uh, some of our research work. Uh, you get the results of the survey sooner than uh, than anybody else. Uh, so it's, it's a good opportunity to enhance your macroeconomic knowledge. I talked to uh, a guy yesterday who's in sales, and he said it's unbelievable. His, he participates in the survey. He said, I take that information and I go to my clients with it. And they're blown away by what I know about the global economy. And he said, uh, the way Strategus compresses it, I don't have to spend a lot of time uh, familiarizing myself with it. Yeah, so you please, might want to give it. If you're interested, uh, the webpage is send it to me, N O R E at Strategus, S T R A T E G A S R P dot com. That's and uh, we, uh, I, I also fill out that uh, your your two word your two sentence uh, uh, questionnaire, which I always amazes me as to how you can extract. And I'm not criticizing it at all, but it, it's amazing how the facts and figures that you can come out with with just these couple of questions. And ISM is not too dissimilar either. 
you know, they have 10 or 12 questions and they come out with this amazing report that, uh, you know, the world uses. So uh, I've been watching it for a long time and I, it's very valuable and I strongly recommend that uh, our listeners uh, tune into it and get this report. Uh, it's very valuable, especially for uh, business planning. I mean, right here, I'm, I'm looking at, okay, what do I have to do in Chicago and Milwaukee and start marketing <laughs> to those areas because they're really hot on fire, according right. to the numbers. Texas isn't too shabby either at 60.4. It must have something to do with $62 oil. Uh, no, I think that's too soon. I think this was Texas uh, in recovery, uh, and the oil is just uh, something to add to it uh, as we go uh, into, through the first quarter here. So you think that 60.4 is going up? Yeah. Yeah, oh. I think we'll, we'll see that go a little bit higher uh, because of oil this month. Then, then it'll flatten out a little bit. But uh, uh, Texas, uh, the Houston survey came in, and uh, it's at 54.5, so it's made a continuous recovery since the hurricane uh, uh you know, it's just been a, uh, the the Texans are uh, they they get get after it uh, when they have a problem or a challenge they do something about it and so both the petroleum industry and the petrochemical industry have recovered mm-hmm. from the hurricanes and uh, mm-hmm. probably will be better because of it. Well, I'm going running down the hall to our marketing department to get something out. So we can start uh, shaking it up a bit, even though our all metals and forge business has improved significantly over the last uh, four or five months. Each month it's been going up uh, uh, at a a very respectable rate. So which we're tracking right along with the numbers. Well, and, you know, uh, Lou, there are leading indicators, there's, there's coincident indicators, and there's lagging indicators that, uh, that we see from that. Uh, I've found, for instance, blue-collar employment, uh, though employment is considered a lagging indicator, blue-collar employment is more of a leading indicator. When right. people are hiring production people, uh, they're they're uh, making a commitment to expansion within within their supply chain and so on. So, oh sure. Uh, the one you, you know, knowing that part of the cycle that you do best in, you know, for instance, right now is the time to invest in that marketing uh, to see right. how much how much you can benefit from it. One number that I've been following for years and years is, is the machine tool numbers. Uh, you know, when they're when they're, work, when they're selling machine tool orders have gone up, you know that in about six months things are going to be really cooking. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's, yeah. That relationship's always there. It's the way yeah. it works. That's right. That's right. But you'd be amazed, and maybe not you, but you'd be amazed how many people do not know that, that the, a, a real good leading indicator is the machine tool numbers. And it comes out every month. Uh, all you got to do is uh, I forgot which association it is. I think it's the machine the uh, machine tool builders right. association, and they come out with it every month. And you know what you should do by the numbers. Yeah. Uh, and I yes, guess indeed. 
One, Go ahead, one, one, one more uh, very quick topic. The NFIB data, the National Federation of Independent Business, came out, and uh, it, it, it was at 104 uh, or in that range, down from 107. But small businesses are, are just thriving right now, and uh, that, that index is up significantly over the 10-year average of uh, about 93. So uh, something's changed. Uh, I don't know who deserves all the credit for it. I don't think anybody deserves all the credit. I, I think it's a uh, uh, pretty even distribution among all the, the participants that, uh, that we're seeing global growth uh, develop and continue. When I hear the words that Washington is responsible for the growth and expansion, uh, I, I really have a hard time. I try and bite my tongue, but that hurts too much, and I'll usually blurt it out. It's a cycle, stupid, <laughs> and that's the story. <laughs> and it is. Well, Norbert, we appreciate you being with us again on Manufacturing Talk Radio. Thanks for sharing all the information you do on all of the surveys that you follow. Okay. Thanks, guys. Thanks a lot for being here. And we've been speaking with Norbert Orr, who is from Strategus Research Partners, who follows 18 Global Purchasing Managers Index surveys. Lou, pretty good report. Yeah, great report. And I, I would like to just give out that uh, email address again, and that's uh, N-O-R-E at Strategus, S-T-R-A-T-E-G-A-S-R-E.com. And take a note that the name of the company, Strategic Securities LLC, is their new name. Um, and uh, the, the information is really invaluable. It's great for helping you make decisions about should you buy that piece of equipment? Shouldn't you buy it? Uh, where should I be looking to sell my goods? Which countries I should be looking to export? Uh, and so on. It's, uh, it's great, invaluable information. Tim? Yep, no doubt. Uh, one final note, by the way, on the American Machine Tool uh, Manufacturers Association that sells machine tools. Their numbers are about two months back. Their current number, I think, for January is really a November number, so keep in mind that they do run their numbers a little slower than uh, we would like, but they're very accurate when they put their numbers out. Thanks for listening to Manufacturing Talk Radio. You can find all of our podcasts at mfgtalkradio.com. Keep in mind, we also have a show called Women and Manufacturing, which we refer to often as WAM, W-A-M, that we normally broadcast on Wednesdays. But you can reach those uh, episodes also at mfgtalkradio.com for a while until we get a new website built for WAM. That show has shown a lot of excitement and interest. And again, thanks for listening to Manufacturing Talk Radio today. Thanks for joining us on Manufacturing Talk Radio. You can hear our next broadcast each Tuesday at 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time at mfgtalkradio.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.